Fresh off of Newark, New Jersey, we are here. We are back in our respective hometowns, both representatives of the West Coast. Hey, everyone, I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Will Washington. You are watching After the Week. And what a weekend it was, Will. Uh, how's your trip, man? I don't even know what time you got back to Colorado. What's going on? Yeah, I, I have a throbbing headache right now. I'm not going to lie. I like just scarf down some dinner and then I sit down. My computer's like acting up and I've got to restart it. Uh, I have been home all of 20 minutes. And... <laughs> no! <laughs> so, Will. so it's good. We're good. Uh, no, I mean, I had to, to make some stops, but, um, yeah, I got, I got out of town on time and everything worked out. I will tell you, you know, I have been a little inside baseball here for po folks. Uh, I have been pressuring Denise here to get herself TSA pre-check for the longest. Like every time she travels, I'm like, Denise Salcedo, TSA pre-check. You got to get TSA pre-check. Like, so, I keep forgetting, by the way. Here's how used to pre TSA pre-check I am at this point. I actually did simply because I didn't have anything else to do this morning. Got to the airport on time. Kid you not. Got to the airport at what most will call a normal time a couple of hours early. And I was so annoyed and bored because I got through security so quickly. And I'm just like walking around trying to figure out like literally anything else to do. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to go back to playing with fire. I, I, There's a little bit of... Uh, there's a little bit of an adrenaline rush and getting to the airport 30 minutes before my flight takes off. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> no, but regardless, I was just thinking about you and how you, uh, you on the other hand, have to be out when you have to be. Like, how was it? How was getting out? Okay, well, first of all, so Newark, uh, the airport was, okay, I waited the longest that I've had to wait for anything. Like, I never really have to wait that long for to go in. Like, it's really quick. I, max, I'll wait maybe 15 minutes. I never really struggled to, like, check into TSA or anything like that. And my flight left at 6 in the morning. So I'm thinking, like, oh, I'll be great. I show up. And my line ended up being about 50 minutes. And actually, no, it said 50 minutes, but it felt like way less than that. But I saw that TSA pre-check -pre was like five minutes. And I was like, God damn it. This is literally Will trolling me right now. Yeah. But <laughs> when I got through pretty fast, like I'm pretty relaxed, pretty chill. But by the time that I got there, it was like I had 20 minutes before my flight uh, actually boarded. And I left a little later this time too. So um, by the time that I got here, I got back to LA at about... Uh, 9 a.m. And so by 10 a.m. I was home. I ate breakfast. I catched up. I finished because I couldn't upload the Tony Khan interview. I ran out of time, as you saw. And the airport Wi-Fi was like super shitty. And I couldn't upload my interview, my interview, my uh, the scrum thing. So I was just like, fuck, you know, like, God damn it. I didn't get the Tony Khan one up the whole air, like the whole flight. I was asleep. But in behind my dreams and thoughts was, God damn it, Denise, you didn't get the Tony Khan video Bro. up in time. So I got back. I got back. And the second I walked into my house, I was like, all right, Tony Khan thing has to go up right now. And, uh, you know, took a nap for three hours. And this is the best I'm going to look because I'm exhausted. I, I, I have to say, I noticed that because uh, on the flight, I was just scrolling Twitter and I I was like, she can't have been home that long, but she's like already in posting mode. How can this be? And I realized there's no way you didn't just immediately run in and which is 
Again, just more yes. inside stuff. This is Denise. Have you ever traveled Will, with Denise? yes. You know me, Will. I know. Like, immediately when you get back from an event, you are... It's not a joke when people say this is the hardest working woman in wrestling media because she is on it when it comes to anything. She is just straight up doesn't stop. It doesn't even like stop to like even soak in or talk about what just took no, place. Anything along those lines. I was literally lines. sitting there in the Airbnb eating chicken nuggets like this. Yeah, eating chicken nuggets you, and french you fries. You and Jesse like... were having a conversation about The Simpsons, and I'm like, "Yeah, oh my god, that sounds great. That's amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll go look right now." No, guys, I'm not gonna go look right now. Then you were yeah. like, "We paused it for you, Denise. Come look." And I was like, "God damn it, I'm gonna go look." <laughs> oh, that's great. Come back. <laughs> She's not kidding. This is not an exaggeration. This is exactly how this all plays out. This is Denise. Yeah. And like, it, it, I think the funniest one to me, last thing before we get formally into the show, is going back to All Out, uh, where we're just all in this mode of what the hell did we just see? Like CM Punk just like burned the entire world down. And Denise Salcedo's like, yeah, that's great. I need to get to uploading shit. So <laughs> yeah, I was so I was just like, hurry up, Will, start the car. You were all like so chill. I'm like, Will, start the car. We gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, so you don't want to travel yeah. with me. Um, that's why my husband's always like, I, I'm better off staying home. You, eh, I'll just get in your way. So I'm like, all right, cool. Works. Yeah. All right, so but, here it, we but go. But I respect it so much. Welcome to <laughs> After the Week, though. It's prime time. We are in prime time, baby. Normally, we do the show early on uh, Sundays. But today, here we are, prime time. We're still up against football, but uh, whatever. We'll live. We'll live. We'll survive. All right. So here we go, everyone. The way that we run this show is we pick our three best and our one worst of the week. And I'll just tell you right now, there's going to be a lot of AEW full gear conversation. I feel like that's the direction that I headed in. I don't know about you, Will, but I can't wait to get into all of that. But just a heads up to everyone who's here. Uh, if you are new to this channel, thank you so much for tuning in. Seriously. If you guys have been here before, you guys already know the drill. If you want to help support this podcast, if you want to get your questions, your comments, your statements, your hot takes, whatever it is, right here on the stream. You are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point. We actually have a few, so I'm going to go ahead and kick those off. And we have one here from Tim Gordon who says, sending some love to my favorite podcast of the week. I've been telling people that Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy had a high chance of stealing the show. It was a good freaking match. And I mean, Jungle Boy, uh, afterwards, he was like, Oh, I know. I don't know where you, I'm not going to ask you to spoil your spoilers or anything. I don't know if this is in your best or whatever. But uh, I will say this, though. When he popped into the media scrum looking the way he did, I thought, ooh, our little jungle boy is grown. Uh, he came in there CM Punk style with some food and everything. Someone sent me a he screenshot of Tony Khan yeah. eyeing his plate. <laughs> We got a super chat here from Grapple Geekery who says, went out of town to watch the pay-per-view with my best friend. Coming home and seeing two live finishes off a great weekend. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty damn good weekend. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Can't wait to talk about it. Thank you so much to Grapple Geekery for getting us going with the super chat here. Uh, this is from jfitz815 who says, just showing my appreciation. You guys rock. Thank you so much for sending this in. You have no idea how much it means. Uh, we got Jay Ruff here who says, Denise was as kind as Will advertised to me. Offered me a stranger a slice of her pizza. It was really nice to meet you. Thanks for being so kind. I did offer uh, offer Jay here a slice of pizza. You know, if I see people and I got pizza, I'll be like, yo, you want some pizza? 
she did. She just turned a pizza around. I was like, hey, you want a pizza? <laughs> yeah. It, oh, by the way, Will, Will, I did something nice for you. Can you please share with the people what the nice thing I was I did for you regarding pizza, said pizza? Oh. The way that you already forgot oh, it. yeah, 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 yeah. D Denise advertising this one. Okay, so. Yes, this uh, is important, assume... and pizza lovers will know. So, when Denise and I went and got pizza, there were uh, a whole bunch of cheese pizzas left, and there was no pepperoni pizzas left, but then they they finished one up and handed it to us, and so we took the pepperoni pizza, and I was like, oh, I'll grab a cheese pizza, too. So, we had a cheese pizza and a pepperoni pizza, and Denise had the cheese pizza. And, no, and I the had pepperoni the pepperoni. Pizza. She had the pepperoni pizza, and she's mostly eating it, and I realized halfway through eating my cheese pizza, ugh, cheese pizza. Um, and... <laughs> And meanwhile, Denise has just got all this substance on hers. And she did give me two pieces of pepperoni. Two. She did give me two pieces of pepperoni to enhance my bland cheese pizza. Thank you, two. Denise. I'll and they that. were the crunchy pepperonis, too, okay? Those are extra good than, like, the ones that are all soft, I feel are okay. But the crunchy pepperonis are really freaking great. Although, um, I have to say... We're going to take some points back because Denise thought she was giving me half pepperonis here, but they were folded. And so once I unfolded them, I was like, you even said it. You were like, here, here's half a pepperoni. And then I unfolded and I'm like, oh, it's a full pepperoni. Thank you. Hey, uh, it, they, they taste better, I thought. Okay, fine. The point is people don't just give away pepperonis, all right? They're delicious. Uh, Black, ma Black Macro Kid, Macro, Macro? Black Mac Macro Kid says, after last night, I won Eddie Kingston to dethrone MJF, the biggest liar versus the most honest man in pro wrestling. <laughs> That's a pretty uh, interesting way of selling that, I would say. Uh, thoughts on this, Will? That's actually pretty good. I didn't even consider that, but uh, yeah, I mean, more so uh eddie kingston is the most honest man in wrestling like yeah i i, I mean i i don't think he's going to be the one to dethrone him but i do think that that'll make it for a really good rivalry uh and i think the moment that you have that main event a pay-per-view that would be wild just thinking about the idea that these are two guys like i've known of eddie kingston a really long time true story first interviewed eddie kingston in november of 2006 uh but nonetheless eddie kingston uh he's been around a long time but he's been a relatively unknown until the, like two years ago and mjf also relatively unknown until three years ago and just thinking about the idea that that could be a main event program and they're guys that were put on the map in the last couple of years that's wild uh and i would love to see that we got a super chat here from our good friend Reggie Simmons who says, what a weekend of pro wrestling gearing up for Dynamite on Wednesday at the Wintrust. Uh, AEW feels like AEW again. I feel for the most part, um, I, haven't gone in, I haven't gone in and done like an in-depth review of what people have been saying. But um, for the most part, I haven't seen any like outrage or any negative criticism about the pay-per-view. I mean, I don't know what you've been seeing, Will, but for the most part, for the most part, I haven't seen much of it. Um, but uh, so I guess that's good. But I guess we'll get into it a little bit more in just a second. But thank you so much to uh, Reggie Simmons for sending this in. We got another super chat here from Sheldon Jackson, who says, "Glad to catch you all on a Sunday on prime time before the party reunite tonight for some Uno." Also, rip to Jason David Frank, aka Doctor. Tommy Oliver, the greatest Power Ranger of all time. Full Gear was amazing last night, by the way. And I'm sure, Will, you might have some words on that. Denise got to see me receive this news last night. I was friggin' devastated. 
Um, those who watched the After Time might know that I had a slight unpleasant story to tell about um, uh, Jason David Frank, but it wasn't like anything super negative. It was just one of those like met him at a Comic Con. He was kind of irritable. Um, but other than that, that's nothing to hold against the man because to be honest, look, people who know me know I'm a diehard Power Rangers fan. My backdrop is literally full of Power Rangers stuff. There's a Lord Zed. There's a uh, look at that. That's all Power Rangers, all Power Rangers. I am a Power Rangers guy. When I got into Power Rangers, I didn't like it to start, to be honest. When it first came out, I thought it was cheesy, thought it was corny. I uh, couldn't get into it until about 20-something episodes in. They did the Green Ranger saga where Tommy was introduced. And that hooked me. That week of shows, uh, the Green with Evil saga it ran, I think it was Monday through Thursday, and then they capped it off on a Saturday. That whole saga of episodes that ran Green with Evil, that hooked me. That's what turned me into a Power Rangers fan. Tommy was it. Jason David Frank was it. Um, and he was the reason I wanted to take martial arts classes when I was a kid. I wasn't any good at it at all. But uh, he was the reason I wanted to. And just thinking about how long he remained with Power Rangers, he did those first three Mighty Morphin seasons. He did Zeo. He did Turbo. He came back for Dino Thunder. There's unquestionably the greatest Power Ranger of all time when you think about how long he stuck with the series. Um, he did the returns every single time. He did a cameo. It was a big deal. Um, if you've ever been to any uh, Power Ranger cons or anything along those lines, he always had the longest line. Uh, he, he was Power Rangers to a lot of people, and he was to me. And, yeah, I was heartbroken when I saw that this morning. Uh, it was last night. I was literally walking out of the scrum as soon as we walked out of the scrum i had this horrified look on my face i'm sure and uh denise is like will will what's wrong and i'm like i i was in that mode where i couldn't say it yet because i was like looking for confirmation before i could uh before i could just say anything because i'm like shit oh shit oh shit oh shit because i got a text from a friend about it and i'm like he's got to be wrong he's got to be wrong i'm not saying a word out loud until i know he's wrong and he wasn't so, rest in peace to Jason David Frank. Yes, the greatest Power Ranger of all time. The Power Ranger, the one that got everybody into Power Rangers. It's a sad day for Power Rangers fans. Thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending in this super chat. Ten Ruza sends one insane New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom topped off an incredible weekend in wrestling. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17 looks incredible. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that here today as well as that'll chime into some of our conversation. Will's got a big smile on his face. So I feel that tells you everything. Uh, Dan V900 sends in a super chat saying, I know it won't get a lot of talk, but Bully Ray facing Alexander at Hard to Kill stinks. That signals Cardona is going to WWE to me since everyone was thinking Cardona would win the title there. I didn't get to watch the show, so I can't even comment on this one just yet. Um, uh, Will, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the show. No, I was on a plane when it was happening. So Okay, okay. Uh, but, uh, I know. <laughs> Although, I did hear that uh, Josh Alexander and Frankie Kazarian had a phenomenal match. That, I did hear I, that. I, I heard that. I but also to heard... be honest, I'm not even surprised, though. Like, let's be real. Those are two great workers. Josh yeah. Alexander's doing, like, the run of his life. Frankie Kazarian's still showing that he still got it. Uh, so I'm really not surprised about that whatsoever. Thank you so much to Dan V900. I'm sorry I heard good things you couldn't about give Trey more Miguel's, information on that um, one. Yeah, I heard good things about Trey Miguel's title win, too. Uh, the oh, sweet. Title win, so good stuff. 
YT sends in a super chat saying, got to meet Will and Denise last night. I was shy, but they were so nice to me. Easily one of the highlights of the night. Also, that light was blinding. Uh, YT, thank you so much. It was nice meeting you as well. Uh, really makes the entire trip when we get to meet people that watch the show. And we're like, oh my God, you're human. We get to see you in person. <laughs> so thank you so much to uh, YT as well. All right, so let's get into this, everybody. It is time to get into our picks. Uh, Will, you are uh, going up first, as always, because you just are. So here we go. Uh, Will, what is your third best pick of the week? What is the third best thing you saw in wrestling? Third best thing I saw this week actually goes to something I, I just rewatched because I rewatched the entire show on my flight. Um, and... <laughs> Look, when you've got a four and a half hour flight and a four and a half hour show, actually makes the flight go by. So, uh, rewatched the entire show. And doing so, I found myself, I knew I enjoyed it in the arena, but seeing it on TV, I have to say that last night, the AEW interim women's title match that featured Tony Storm taking on jamie hater i've been saying for a while that the word groundswell is a word that uh really has stuck with me when it comes to um to jamie hater and funny thing about the word groundswell i got called out for saying ground swelling on twitter by mark madden and uh he was giving me shit about the use of the word but i happen to be going through the definition of the word groundswell just because of that annoyance there. But the reason I bring this up is because uh, when I looked at the definition, I couldn't feel more like the word applied to, uh, to Jamie Hayter. And I'm pulling that up now as I say that. But the literal definition of groundswell is any surge of support, approval, or enthusiasm, especially among the general public, in contrast to those in power. And my point there, when I use that word for Jamie Hayter, is that she was the first person in AEW. First woman in AEW. This has happened before on the men's side a couple of times, uh, particularly with a couple of tag team champions who like to scissor. But uh, when it comes to the female side of things, they hadn't really had someone gain an organic reaction and uh, an organic fan base in spite of what was happening on TV, where it wasn't necessarily who the booker picked, it wasn't necessarily who the company was behind, but the fans chose that person. And that was Jamie Hayter, and you could feel it in that arena last night. You could feel that the fans wanted to be there for Jamie Hayter. They wanted to see Jamie Hayter, and uh, they wanted her to win. And there was a lot of questions. You could hear it, everybody talking of, well, will they do it? Will they not do it? And my thought was, this was a big test for AEW. Do you stick to your guns or do you go with the groundswell? Do you go with what the fans have picked? And the fans did pick Jamie Hayter. And I felt like the... Uh, to see the fans rewarded that way was one thing. So I was already happy with this as a moment. But the match itself delivered on all fronts. I thought that Tony Storm 
recognized that she wasn't the fan favorite here and she played up to that but at the same time the match also told the story of a valiant and resilient tony storm who was not going to give up who was not going to go down and it was a an interesting solid back and forth uh, at multiple points it felt like jamie had it but then nope tony uh, has the victory when we had the run-in from rebel it uh, made things feel like, oh my God, is is uh, is Rebel going to make this happen? And then when Rebel got ejected, and uh, it, it seemed like Tony Storm was overcoming the odds a little bit, it felt at that point, no, actually, Tony Storm's going to retain, retain. And then Britt comes in, but then it feels like Britt got foiled a little bit. It felt like at every turn, oh my God, Tony Storm's going to win this. And then when Jamie Hayter finally hits that ripcord clothesline, one, two, three, the crowd goes nuts. Everybody's into this. This was such a shining moment for Jamie Hayter. And like I said, it's amazing to see that uh, she did that on her own. She, the crowd got her there. The fans got her there. The fans felt rewarded here. I was really happy with it. Jamie Hayter. I bow down. She's my number three. And I feel like it was perfect timing too across the board because there was an opening there for a woman to grab that spot from the fans because um, someone also mentioned it here in the chat was, you know, we've talked about this person num numerous times and that is Chris Statlander. You know, the crowd was really just like, come on, let's give it to Chris. Let's let's give Chris her moment in AEW. And unfortunately, you know, things went different directions and whatnot. Right. And there really wasn't somebody that I think the fans for the women were really grabbing a hold of like and I, I grab, grabbing on to but like not in an actual literal sense <laughs> you know what i mean right it, I it's know. someone that was hooking <laughs> yeah. their interest right and granted obviously there's a, quite a few people that you know obviously have fan like you know a huge fan base but it was more so like universally though it was chris stantlander where she was getting that great reaction and then after her it was jamie hater and like i mentioned great timing because unfortunately uh tony storm when she came in she got some great reactions but when she actually became interim champion i just remember constantly saying this like there's something missing where she doesn't have that connection anymore with the fans where they were like oh yeah like this is great good for you but there wasn't really anything much more to that it wasn't like they didn't like her or anything it was just that they weren't really um I guess you can say fully behind her in that moment. So I feel like they needed somebody else. You know what it was though? Go back to all out uh, where at all out, even though booking was positioning Jamie or er, positioning Tony storm all along, the fans were behind Jamie hater at all out. And so yep. I think that had a lot to do with it was it's, it wasn't so much a, we don't like Tony storm kind of thing. It was more so, we wanted Jamie Hayter and you weren't giving us Jamie Hayter. And she got the biggest reaction of the night. <laughs> yeah, she did. And and uh, I think that did hurt Tony Storm because uh, I also think. I think again, there was a just... couple of things that hurt Tony Storm. I think they took too long to actually put the title on her. I think there was a moment where people would have reacted in a better way. And then afterwards, it was just like you mentioned in that, you know, in that match, people were more interested when they had that little interaction between Jamie and Britt Baker, where they teased that dissension there. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, Tony Storm won. Oh, match is over. Congratulations. Applause. You know, but that was about it. Yeah. Well, I do think that, you know, again, I say this all the time about AEW fans when given the option of the... Uh, outsider versus the person that they brought to the dance that the fans feel is theirs. They're always going to take their AEW original. And Jamie Hayter does feel like somebody like, 
I mean, Jamie Hayter, when I think back to her first AEW match in 2019, uh, and a completely different look, she looked like a completely different person, um, and uh, brought a completely different aura, but you could see something was there. But the fact that she had that rise, she officially became All Elite in 2021, and it just, the fans have seen her as somebody that we've been around since the beginning of AEW. Tony Storm isn't somebody they necessarily dislike, but it's like she's somebody we knew from NXT. She's somebody we knew from SmackDown. She's somebody we knew from outside and not necessarily here. And I think when given the option between the two, they wanted Jamie and they weren't getting that. And now they got her. I'm, I'm happy. I'm really happy for her. Great it was a really nice moment. She seemed very, very chill in the media scrum too. It was very nice yeah. to see her, you know, up close. Very like very, very, very pretty, by the way, too. Cause I was just like, oh wow, I was like, she's gorgeous. <laughs> I was up, I was like, obviously we were up in the front. I was like, yes, girl. Um, but anyways, no, seriously though, good moment for her. It's exciting to see that AEW went the direction of uh, you know, what the fans wanted. I didn't want to sit there through a whole other thing where uh where the the crowd was just like not having it with the acclaim didn't win at all out. But that's a whole story for other time that we've already discussed. DNV 900 sends in a super chat saying, I'm with you, Will, on Power Rangers. I own the green with evil saga on vhs and which is how i watched it originally that's what uh kicked it into gear see i didn't even own it i that's not how i saw it originally but i loved it so much that after i saw it when it came out on vhs that's what i wanted for my birthday and i got it that year yes it's it's amazing stuff uh great children's television (laughs) great children's television like at the end of the day this is bullshit for kids but also like Look at this basement. All of this is bullshit for kids. Uh, that's that's how I live. JFitz815 sends in a super chat saying, Loved full gear, a hater storm, elite death triangle, uh, the acclaim and swerve in our glory were the matches of the night. This is my first time seeing Denise live and she's wonderful and I've been a, f- a fan of Will since the old RBR days. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, JFitz. Thoughts, Will? Is that Trevor from Chicago used to call into RBR? I wonder. Um, okay. Confirm. Uh, I'll look for the confirmation. Yes. <laughs> Trevor is it you, Trevor. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to Jay Fitz, uh, 815 for sending in this very generous super chat. Um, okay. So here we go. Let me just catch up with the comments. All right, cool. Uh, it's now my turn for my, uh, third best of the week. And I feel like this one's maybe a little bit, I don't know what people are going to think about this one, but my specific third best of the moment is going to go more specifically to the moment versus the match, okay? And here I'm talking about MJF, John Moxley. But my best is actually MJF winning the AEW World Championship. So I had this as my best because I really feel that I mean, clearly going into this, we knew MJF had to win. We didn't know how it was going to happen or what really was going to go down, right? You know, is Regal going to turn? Is Regal not going to turn? You know, we saw the outcome of all of that. But um, to me, the reason why I chose this as third best is really just because, you know, we've seen everything that MJF has done in AEW and, and even just like all of the news and just everything that has surrounded MJF, period. It just felt like a big 
big step. To me, it felt like this new era of AEW with MJF as champion. With that being said, I love seeing him become champion. I'm excited to see what he's going to do, uh, how you know obnoxiously annoying he's going to be to all of the crowd and just everything, right? And the, the reaction that the people uh, had for MJF, even just like the entire weekend, seeing everybody come in with the Burberry uh, scarves and all of that. It was just this big, massive thing. Also, shout out to his mom who was like making the rounds and, you know, going up and down the aisles with her sign and everything. It was just a whole big thing. With that being said, I didn't totally love the actual match. I thought it could have been just a little bit... Um, Maybe I was tired already by that point, but I wouldn't say that the match itself necessarily like really piqued my uh, my interest. It really wasn't until like the final moments for me, but it was more so just the moment of MJF actually winning the championship that really got me. The match itself, I do think that it could have been uh, a little bit more uh, entertaining. Okay. Well. Yeah, I mean, hey, MJF is champion, and I will say, when he walked into that scrum with the belt, it looked right. He looked right with the belt, and it's one of those things I was struggling to even picture since the uh, since he was named number one contender. Like, you know how you can kind of see somebody with a championship? I couldn't picture it. It just wasn't computing. And when he walked in with that belt, everything looked right, and I thought, damn. He does look like the guy right now. Uh, and when he walked into that scrum and everybody who can see the AEW feed of it, but you shouldn't watch the AEW feed, you should watch right here on Denise's channel, youtube.com slash Denise Alcedo. Um, but when he walked into the room, well, and you can see the back of my head that whole time, uh, and I've got headphones on because I'm like trying to test levels on my mic to make sure everything's okay. But uh, <laughs> he just, he commanded the room. Uh, he basically turned everything around as, as mentioned before he's the biggest liar in pro wrestling and he he kept that up in this spot here um i liked the match i had a lot of fun again rewatch i had more fun with it um first time did around, you find that you enjoyed the, the match more live or when you rewatched it the second time when i rewatched it i actually enjoyed okay. it more uh i think a lot of the the commentary was helping sell a lot of things that i probably needed in the arena um, one of the things that was annoying me throughout the match was the fuck you Moxley chant. I felt like <laughs> you were you annoyed can, in person too. Like I was annoyed because honestly, guys, fuck you is a really aggressive term. Like it, 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 that is like, I get it. We wanted MJF to win. Everybody in that building wanted MJF to win and that's okay. But like Moxley has been, has done so much this year. Like the guy came back from uh from rehab and with cm punk going out all of this stuff happening he couldn't Moxley go on his vacation could, they couldn't go on his vacation for this match like he has been the flag bearer for aew he re-signed for five years like he is the guy that like if you're looking at aew as a company and who's done the most to help aew uh stay afloat and survive it's been john moxley and for people to chant fuck you moxley like 
what the fuck is that? That was a surprise too, because I kind of felt like they like completely turned on him in a more aggressive manner than just like booing or the we want Moxley, we want MJF, you know, the typical chance that you would get in these situations. Like, you know, it, it, it was it was really just like, fuck you, Moxley. It was kind of like the reaction. I mean, not as bad as like the CM Punk chance that we got the fuck CM Punk chance that we got clearly nowhere near that level. But it was still like one of those things where it was almost like John Moxley did something when he didn't. Yeah, it's just he was just on the wrong side of the match. And I feel like in that regard, there's no reason for that chant, especially when after the match was over for people who didn't see off camera, they chanted, thank you, Moxley. You go chant thank you to a guy you were just saying fuck you to. Like like I said, that's a, that's a really aggressive term. Uh, but otherwise, I liked MJF. Uh, so the big thing about the MJF win was the turn, was the regal turn, because that has rippling effects all of a sudden, because it's not just... Like, the Blackpool Combat Club is suddenly over, right? Because the club is held together. Who's the Blackpool part of it? That is William Regal. And uh, there's a lot of people who have felt like Blackpool Combat Club stuff has existed far too long. It's not that it's existed far too long, but that the stuff with uh, the Daniel Jericho. Well, yeah, I was going to say the Jericho Appreciation Society, Society yeah. has gone on too long. And, we you know, or is there going to be an end in sight? Apparently so, because... The group doesn't exist anymore, or does it? Like, are they going to stick together? What if they together? still want to be a group, even if it's not with William Regal? They're not the Blackpool Combat Club anymore. I mean, they could for... just be the Combat Club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Regal was the binding piece of the group, and all of a sudden, he's not there anymore. And I thought that uh, was really interesting. And, uh, like, did we see it so What do you think? They break up? They stay together? What do you think? Just break up? I mean, if I were telling the story, what I would do is have them attempt to stick together, but all of a sudden they like can't get on the same page because the one person who was holding it together isn't there anymore, and then it have them all go their separate ways. Because um, I think it was a fun group for the time, but I think that the cool thing about babyface factions is that babyface factions shouldn't last an extraordinary amount of time because you want to give people a reason to miss babyface factions because the best thing about babyface factions is their reunions. Like... I don't think people realize this. I mean, obviously, if you lived through it, you did. But uh, for those of you who didn't, the Shield's initial babyface run was only two months. Um, but that was long enough. Like, literally, they turned babyface right around WrestleMania of that year, and they were broken up by June. And uh, But all of a sudden, you got all these reunion moments and all of that. And that's really what babyface factions are truly all about, is, like, how many times can you do the the pop for, hey, we just got them back together. So at the very least, I think the Blackpool Combat Club is one of those things that uh, they had their mark. They did a whole bunch of stuff this year. Break them up, and then in a couple of years, do a handful of reunions and people will be happy. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm happy. MJF is champ. I'm good with it. So that's It was thing. a nice moment, and I'm excited to see how he's going to basically be presented as a champion, how he's going to present himself too. on top of that, like what, what kind of material we're going to get with the promos, how that's all going to go down, uh, everything. But, uh, also, yes, guys, if you want to watch MJF, just yell at all of wrestling media, please feel free to check out the video. It is here on this channel. We got to I'll have you know, folks, I was not dumb enough to raise my hand. I saw a couple of people do it, but when they he said, did? Did anybody know. have any questions? Raise their hand. He was clearly like not going to do anything like real answers. <laughs> I love the way that they executed the scrum for MJF because it would have been weird if he was just sitting there. It would have just been like exactly what we got with Jay White. Mm -hmm. 
Which, to be fair, some people like that. Like, well, and the thing is, um, not only do some people like that, uh, I know that, you know, when you watch the the New Japan uh, press conferences, a lot of people think that's the preferred format of just kind of doing more wrestling promos with the press. Uh, but I know that the wrestling media, everybody I talk to the wrestling media is like, I'm not doing kayfabe. I'm not sitting nope. here talking. I don't to like, I don't care for it. I, it's, yeah. it's, it's a waste of my time, to be honest. And yes, there is people that like it, but it is, does not generate the same amount of interest uh, that it would if it wasn't in kayfabe, essentially. So yeah, it would right. kind of be a little bit of a waste of my time. I don't know. What do you think, Will? What do you prefer? Um, I don't know. I can adjust. That's my thing. It's, I, you can I told have you one. You can have some sporadic ones, but the whole time it, it's too much. I, I told Denise this story yesterday, but uh, one of the first lessons I ever learned in wrestling media uh, came from a man by the name of Colt Cabana, who I did an interview with in 2005. And this, I was, I had just turned 18, did this interview, found out maybe two questions into the interview that Colt Cabana was kayfabing. He was doing the whole thing in character. And uh, I was mad about it, maybe held a grudge. And I may have even told Colt Cabana about this uh, like 10 years later. But um, I realized the lesson that gave me was sometimes you got to adjust. Like sometimes wrestlers aren't going to tell you whether or not they're coming to you as the person you see on TV or uh, the person behind it and you just have to pay attention to what they're doing and i think it is entirely possible to ask questions to wrestlers who are staying in character because there's certain things that even the character is allowed to answer still um because you know how you felt about something or uh, how a show was doesn't necessarily have to correlate to the the behind the scenes or making of the show so there are ways to do it but there are ways to go around it, but personally, I hate doing interviews whenever if someone's in character, I'd rather not do the interview. Like, I'd rather pass on the interview because here's my rule. Of, like, here's how I feel about this. I'm not part of the show. You're not paying me to be part of the show. You want me to interview your talent while they're in character, then you know what? Give me a paycheck. Pay me. Okay? <laughs> that's, that's very true. Yes. <laughs> then you know what? I will be your person, you know, and that's why you have your backstage interviewers on these shows. That's why you got your own interviewers for your company to do these interviews. You don't need like for me, I just personally do not like it when I get an interview and the person is in character for me. I don't like it. I don't care for it. And then that's it. But I've had to work around it. And I'm not going to give any details on how I've had to work around it because it's just a whole, it could be a podcast for a whole other time. But okay. personally, I'm not a fan of it, but I do think it works for certain people. And it works for MJF because for him, it's an entirely different thing. And this is something that we see across the board. Uh, it's not like it's turning on and off, you know, it's on all the time. Yes. Although if you didn't see, no, I'm not going to say that. That's, uh, a little too inside. Uh, that's a statement I will probably make at a later date. But okay, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> Ryan Lambert sends in a super chat saying, "Looking forward to the acclaimed and Billy Gunn versus Grab City Trio with Denise announcing them in the ring at the next AEW pay per view book at TK." Um, will, would you like to talk about the events that occurred when you called out Max Caster at the uh, when you called out the acclaimed at? Uh, the media scrum and i recorded everything recorded your face <laughs> too because i knew nobody else would get it 
I, I didn't even know what my face looked like. I was very happy like... when I saw that video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, sup? Um, but yeah, so for those not in the know, uh, and a lot of people in the room were, so that was fun. Uh, obviously, this past week on AEW Dynamite, Max Caster premiered his latest video, Hand for a Hand. And in it, there's a line where he talks about the whole thing's about swerving Keith Lee, which it's a great video, by the way. The Waterboy references, all that stuff, having Paul White there, great stuff. Um, but there's a line in it where he says, uh, You got your family up in the dirt sheets. Um, and I think the next line is something about uh, fake stories talking about how great you are. Says the media is evil. Yeah, basically, he's implying that uh, any stories that are coming from wrestling media that uh, imply that Swerve is a great talent were planted by family members in the wrestling media. And so the I, I asked about this at the media scrum. You have to clarify that you how do you would you want to clarify how you like what your intentions were though? My intentions were basically I wanted some kind of response. I wanted him to continue on. I wanted to see what he was going to do. And so yeah, I gave him a Sup? And uh, for those who haven't seen it, I just recommend seeking it out more than anything else and uh, and watching how that all transpired. Max Caster basically laid into not just wrestling media, the United States media. Uh, I wasn't and, thinking it was going to go that direction. I thought, oh my God, this is completely spiraled into a whole other thing. Personally, from a person that was watching and not experiencing, you know, I wasn't, you know, experiencing that moment that you guys were experiencing as an outsider. And maybe those of you who haven't seen the clip, watch that clip. It's definitely on my Twitter. It's here on YouTube, but watch it because my analysis of that was, I kind of felt like Max Caster didn't know how to answer your question. And I feel like he could have kind of just like rolled with it and been like, you know, I feel like he could have, I think that was a situation to really get into character and kind of, you know, go on and continue bearing, you know, that I think he was a little bit, um, he didn't really know how to answer that. I think I can tell there was a little bit of hesitation in his voice and, uh, and then it just went into something else that I was like, Oh God, I don't know what's happening anymore with the U S media. And I'm like, what? <laughs> But I did kind of sense that he really wasn't sure on how to respond to you. Right. So, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> thank you so much to Ryan Lambert for sending this in. And uh, we'll see. Oh, and also, I didn't catch the part, but Tony Khan looked at you and he was afterwards. And I didn't record this, unfortunately. It's probably on the AW stream. He looks at you. It's on the Fightful stream for sure. Yeah, he goes, sorry, Will. <laughs> and, and I responded, it's all right maybe but. <laughs> yeah and i was just like awkward <laughs> i love it though okay kaden c sends in a super chat saying it was a fun weekend with y'all thank you so much to kaden for the super chat i appreciate it man we appreciate it uh alan mark sends in a super chat saying remember how bcc started danielson wanted moxley to form a tag team to train younger talent mox said he had to bleed with brian then regal showed up time for mox versus danielson and you I feel like we just saw that for the title. I know, but do you, but in, in terms of it being more of not just like a competition, but more of a actual, um, you know, more of a story there though. I mean, I don't know. We've seen it and Mox won both. Uh, I feel like if anything, I want to see MJF versus Danielson. Now I want to see uh, Danielson feeling betrayed by Regal and 
stepping up against MJF. I think if there's anybody who can give MJF probably the best match that MJF could ever have, I think it is Danielson. That's the one I want to see. Alrighty, Ellen Marks, thank you so much for your super chat and for seriously very generous super chat as well. We appreciate it very, very much. Um, all right, let me make sure I'm all caught up. And where are we at? Your Number second. Two. Here we yes. go. Will, what's your second best pick of the week? All right. Uh, so one of the things that AEW favorites look, a lot of the stuff is I, I tried. I really thought I was gonna. I wanted to be fair. I was like, let's go back through the week. Cause I had initially picked like 10 things. Right. And then I pick out my top three and I was like, let's go through the whole week and make sure that I'm not just, it's not just recency bias. I'm not just picking stuff because it happened at this pay-per-view um, that I was at, but let me make sure that I'm also picking things from Raw and SmackDown. And guess what? Nothing happened. Uh, so I was going to say, there wasn't anything that I would consider putting on my list. On a I, I, like I, I want to give like one little honorable mention to Ali versus Ricochet. I did very much enjoy that match. Um, and the finish was really good, but I didn't enjoy that nearly as much as I enjoyed Jungle Boy going one-on-one -on -one with Luchasaurus inside of a solid steel cage. I thought this uh, match was just fantastic. Well, I don't know why I'm staring at Denise's forehead, but sorry, um... <laughs> it's because I was I downloaded a bunch of pictures from Full Gear that I thought you would put on there, and I was looking to see if I downloaded one with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, but I did it, and the icons are so small. So I was trying to see, is Jungle Boy in there? <laughs> but either way. Okay, for those of you, it's because I tried to tell them because you hey, AEW has an app where they put all of their photos in and I have to email it to myself and then download it on the desktop just so that I can have it. So I tried to load up a bunch of images and I guess I forgot to, got, to get one of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. So ah, I'm sorry, continue well, on. You know, I took a couple of pictures myself, so I'm just gonna grab one. Uh, Thank that, you very much. <laughs> uh, and, and add it in. But okay, I felt like this match started the crowd off so hot. The crowd was so ready to go the moment Jungle Boy Jack Perry's music hits. And I'm going to be better about making sure I say Jungle Boy Jack Perry because that is who this man is. He is Jungle Man now. This dude um, went out there and uh, he bled. And watching it back again, I didn't realize how much he bled. I, I could see it from the crowd, but seeing it on screen... I couldn't believe how much Jungle Boy was out there bleeding. Um, you were remarking on how like bright red it was. Bro, he had some very cherry colored. <laughs> <laughs> he had some very like bright red blood. Yeah. He, he, okay, he... But I'm being serious. Go back and compare people's blood. There's different colors. <laughs> And the reason, because, okay, you were watching directly to the ring. I gave up, and I was watching up on the screen. Oh, okay. So that's probably So that's why I was able to get that detail. Either way, there was so much good about this match. Um, and knowing Luchasaurus was injured going into it, um, I thought we were going to get kind of a short affair that kind of played off some shenanigans. But no, Luchasaurus gave this everything he had. Um, and I thought this was just a phenomenal payoff to one of the most personal rivalries AEW has had when you think about how long Jungle Boy has been tied to Luchasaurus pretty much since the day he stepped foot into AEW. The, uh, I thought that Luchasaurus came off menacing. I thought that, uh, you know, he hit that tombstone um, and then held on to, to Jungle Boy and then into the, the, uh, 
the face plan, I forget what he calls um, that particular move. But I think more than anything, the amount of resiliency that Jungle Boy showed in this match was just intense. And he came off like somebody who's ready to step up to the next level. But the crowd was just so hot for every single part of the match when, uh, of course, they ended up opening the, the door and uh, Christian ends up opening the door and they end up stepping outside. There's a little bit of confusion in the building because people are like, did the match just in? And I'm like, no, this is AEW's fifth seal cage match. They don't do the exit rule. That's not a thing. That thing that's very much just a Vince McMahon thing. Vince created that rule literally to protect. I think it was the Iron Cheek because Iron Cheek didn't want to get pinned in a match. And they were like, last minute uh, escape rule. And that's literally where that comes from. Uh, and so... It is perfectly acceptable that matches center around the idea that the cage is simply there as a weapon to uh, bring a blood feud to its ultimate close, kind of. Um, or trap people in, right? But like in this case, it did exit, and they started doing little homages to uh, Hell in a Cell with uh, Jungle Boy getting um, lawn darted into the side in a very Shawn Michaels fashion. But the reaction that Jack Perry got when he even looked, he, he it, it was right. I, I asked in the media scrum about him heading to the top, but he got a reaction for even looking at the top. When he glanced, the crowd loses it, and they start going crazier and crazier as he starts climbing and making his way up to the top. And when he's finally at the top, they just go absolutely bat shit insane. I took a picture of Jungle Boy diving off the top for his... Uh, uh, for that elbow drop onto Luchasaurus through the table. This was just a great match that got a really great amount of time. This was a match that I don't even think people were really uh, talking about much going into it, but I think coming out of it felt like Jungle Boy very much has arrived as a singles performer. I love this so much, uh, and I thought he came off like Jungle Man. And that's what we he's officially a man. He's all grown up now for sure. And that was the thing too. I think that they made a really good call with putting this as the opening match of the main card because uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, you really weren't sure where they were going to place this on the card, but I feel that the fact that they placed it at the beginning, they gave it plenty of time. I felt like it was just the right, the right amount of time. Um, I, I thought this felt really, really new because not only are we talking about jungle boy, you know, being jungle boy, Jack Perry, now him being a man and this and that, but there was a, lot i feel here little stuff that it was like yeah this was really the uh the moment for jungle boy to kind of just be seen as more because he's going out there and he's bleeding buckets man uh i tweeted i'm like i don't even remember if i've ever seen jungle boy bleed before i don't recall that i ever have and i'm probably forgetting but i feel like i would have remembered so to me it was like he's going out there he's bleeding you know he's putting he did this in, and i told you right before the match i was like i cannot wait to see a uh, jungle boy go to the top of the cage like that is definitely a given that we're going to get this moment and and I thought that the match um, was laid out a little bit differently than what I had been previously expecting. And I liked it so much more. And then same thing with, with you saying that uh, Luchasaurus going in injured to this. I thought, man, I really hope this doesn't, you know, take away from the match. And it really, like, to me, it really didn't whatsoever to the point where people are on a night where you had the Death Triangle, the Elite, where you had that ROH Championship match, where you had so many freaking great matches, like, in ring wise, I thought top to bottom, the show had a lot of really great stuff there, but there's just 
for this match to be up there with some of these matches, I feel like that's a lot of, you know, really good credit to uh, both Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And Luchasaurus, too, has been kind of that guy where, like, he, you know, he goes in there and he has these, uh, you know, when he was teaming up with Jungle Boy, he would go into the ring, get his spots, and he would get good reactions. But for the most part, in singles matches, you know, people knew that maybe he was a little bit more on the limited side, right? And the way that they basically did this entire match, they really made him look great. They made Jungle Boy look great. Great. Um, I thought that it was just entertaining with a lot of really good, uh, a lot of really good moment in this. And to me, it just kind of feels like now Jungle Boy feels like he's he's different now. He's different, he and I think I that the name change was well, not the name change, but the addition the addition to his name was definitely needed to maybe see him as take him a little bit more seriously because you know there is that criticism for a lot of guys where you know you see guys that are funny that do the comedy stuff and people and they get criticized for that they're like oh that person can't be champion because he's too funny we can't have him he's not believable if the guy is small it doesn't work there's all these little things that people nitpick as to whether or not they see somebody championship material and i feel like that may have been you know, for some of the haters, some of the things that they might not have seen yet for Jungle Boy. But um, I feel that everything we've seen from Jungle Boy, like even going back to that match that he had with Pac and uh, Kenny Omega, like that was really just like one of the things that I like. He's always shown great freaking shit, you know? Yeah. No, I, I'm I am ready to see what he brings to the table next. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, off the top of my head, who could even be the next singles opponent for Jack Perry? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm blanking. I was I made a mistake, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I, yeah, could, I jumped ahead. I was, I was hoping you were talking something else. I was thinking about Orange Cassidy there for a second. Yeah. No, I meant to say well, so it was the same about... night. Yeah, it was the yeah. same night, so I, was, I got thrown off. My well, bad. So I was the... like, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, so the funny thing is, I thought you were talking about singles matches, and my brain was trying to figure no, out. No, 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 no. I was like, no. Did he ever face? No, Pac? Cause because I was thinking of the same night, but I was just thinking yeah. wrong match. Yeah. Yeah, because he did end up winning a match with Kenny, and that was also yes. a match where we saw that yes. Jungle Boy had arrived. So um, that was that one, and then and I mean that match that he had with that match, that match that he had with Dax too, loved it. Just a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and, and we've seen it, and now I'm like I said, I'm just curious what's next for him, uh, and I'm hoping, I don't know, uh, like who's a. I guess dastardly strong enough heel to go up against uh, Jack Perry to keep this momentum going. I don't know who it is, uh, but I'm excited to see what they do next, or at least interested. What's your number two, Denise? All right, here we go. It is time for my number two. My number two, if I can find the goddamn thing. Okay, here we go. My number two was actually my favorite match of the night. And, uh, let me see if I even got a damn photo of it. Okay. Well, my number two was the ROH championship match, the four-way between Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, this was my number two. And the reason for this is that I thought this was the best match of the night. This was my favorite freaking match of the night. I got so into this one. And it got to the point where I just really felt like the action was really good nonstop. The ending, like, Will, you and I were, like, jumping up and down because every single minute 
you were like, that's it. This is it. It's Brian Danielson. He's going to win. You were sure. You were sure. And I'm like, God damn it. He's right. It's over for me. This is it. Because we had a little bet we going. Bet and then going, afterwards, yeah. yeah. And then afterwards with Chris Jericho, um, there was a moment, the same thing. Towards the end, I'm thinking like, no, this is it. It's Chris Jericho. He's got to win right here. But we were thinking of all of these ways that it was going to happen, right? And I feel like for me, not only was the action good throughout the entire thing, and I kind of did but it was more so the fact that they did really good buildups thing making you think that at one moment it was going to be brian and then in another moment it was going to be chris jericho there was even i feel some like at a certain moment i thought "Fuck, are they really going to give it to sammy i didn't really think so but it was kind of the thought was kind of lingering there and you and i talked about this and i did kind of feel a little bit bad for uh, Claudio, because even though Claudio was going out there and doing kick-ass stuff and whatnot, uh, I don't think that the people were really falling for Claudio actually winning in this match. To me, he was probably one of the guys that um, you least expected in terms of actually winning this match. Not because, you know, you know, he sucks or anything like that. No, not because of that, but rather it's like, you know, we already seen him be champion, so we're moving on to something new. But I did kind of feel bad that not a lot of people necessarily bought the chance that Claudio might actually be winning during this match. But regardless, I really just liked the way they kept it moving. I was engaged the entire freaking time. I fell for so many of like, the moments that we thought, oh, Brian's going to win. And I thought this was over that I'm like, no, it's Chris Jericho. And that to me is the most exciting thing when it comes to watching matches, especially four ways, because you want to have this feeling. I don't like going into matches where I know for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like, especially like a triple threat or a four way where I know for sure that this is the person that's going to win. And if anybody else wins, it's just going to be a joke, right? I don't like that. I like to know that there's going to be uh, this very serious option. I want to feel a little bit conflicted. To me, that's exciting and it adds more to the match. I want to feel like this person, you know what? They really have a shot here. So I really like that they played off of that really, really well in this match. And I thought that this was really the match of the night for full gear. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this match. I think that, uh, again, there were multiple points where everybody's win felt believable. And uh, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I felt, I was saying that in the moment, I felt kind of bad for Claudio in that um, he just kind of felt like the odd man out just because everybody wanted to see Danielson get it. Nobody wanted to see Sammy Guevara get it. And, uh, and then Chris Jericho, of course, was the expected one. And so with that, I feel like Claudio uh, didn't necessarily, he was kind of what's left over. I felt really bad seeing that, but uh, everything else, as far as the match was concerned, was just incredible action. I agree with you. It wasn't my favorite match of the night. Oh my God. Our number, our number one. Don't spoil I just, your number one I just, realized, just yet. <laughs> I just realized they're the same, uh, so that's great. But <laughs> no, no, you don't uh, but... know anything. You don't know anything. Well, no. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's but hold great the match, phone great here. Match. Yes. All right, we got to get into our worst pick. And, Will, I think you and I are a little bit on the same page where I didn't feel there was anything too bad this week where I'm like, oh, God, this was so horrible that I have to just go on a rant about it, uh, unless you do. Will, did you think there was something really bad this week in wrestling? What yes. was it for you? Oh, never mind. I take back everything I said. It was nothing that happened directly on TV, but you could see it on TV. 
And let me tell you, I think we'll start off with a little bit of a positive. I still feel like the AEW fan base is the fan base that I want wrestling in front of always. I think that they always give the best reactions. And look, I've been to probably 100 shows at this point. Um, Probably... 75% 75% of them have all been WWE shows. I've been in WWE crowds a lot. Uh, and one of the things is that I appreciate about the AEW audience, and it used to be a lot of that NXT TakeOver audience as well, is how much they get into matches, how much they bring it, and really make things exciting on TV. That's one of the thing, issues I've been having with Raw lately. That said... You guys have to stop leaving during women's matches. And that's my absolute worst. Um, And I say that because it... One, I don't even understand how this is convenient. If you all do it, the lines are longer. Like, for me, I remember the at All Out in 2021, my thought was uh, MJF versus Chris Jericho. Actually, during Judas, I got up and went, and I was in the concession line for all of, like, 10 seconds. I got exactly what I needed, and I was in and out. But if you all go at the same time, how are the bathroom lines any shorter? How are the concession lines any shorter? How are the merch lines any shorter? And it just drives me insane. And, like, you would think the show was over the way the amount of people that just got up when the women's matches started and just headed toward the exit. I think, but I didn't see that happen for, did it happen for, it didn't happen for Soraya and Britt. It did happen for Soraya and Britt. That's what I only noticed it during Jade Cargill and Nyla. Jade Cargill, it was the most. During Jade Cargill versus Nyla, I feel like half the arena was gone uh, during that match and um, you just turned... saw everybody get up all at once. Yeah, I, I felt was like... so bad. The graphic came up, like, promoting that the match was next. And everybody stood up, and you just see, like, crowds of people. I mean, not, I'm not going to say crowds, but a good amount of people. It looked like the show was TV. over the way people were heading toward the exits. And then, yeah, same deal with uh, Britt and Soraya, where I felt like um, more people stuck around because, of course, it's Soraya, and people wanted to see her have her moment. But the amount of people that just stood up and got up again and we're just like i know there was a period where the women's match was positioned and sold to you as as the pee break the match that doesn't matter right but i feel like that's not the case anymore like these matches are sold like they matter and yet they're still treated that way and i don't know i was already like very much just annoyed with men this weekend in terms of uh (laughs) The, the way that a lot of my female friends in wrestling were treated this weekend. Um, and uh, I, I saw a lot of shit that I could rant about forever, but I'm not going to. Uh, but in terms of just the way that the wrestlers aren't given that respect drives me nuts. That's it. That's my worst. That'll and I can tell the people watching this show that you were legitimate because I I'm gonna be real with you I wasn't paying attention to like the crowd during that moment I wrote I maybe I was tweeting or something and you were like what the fuck man and I was like what <laughs> well what are you talking about he's all look how many people are leaving and then I like look up and I'm watching and I'm like holy shit everyone's leaving right now and i was like fuck that sucks for them you know like shit but i didn't notice it as much for soraya brit i don't think i noticed it for jamie and um, tony i don't know how it was for that it, one it, it i was, was probably, dealing with shit at the moment <laughs> if i could give percentages i would say 50 percent of the crowd got up for jade and nyla i'd say about 
25% got up for Britt and Soraya. And I would say maybe 20, I would say about 30% got up for the women's title. But I feel like there was so much interest in the women's title match that the fans that remained were the loudest. Um, but right. I saw it for all three matches. It's like, oh, there's women on the screen. I'll go find something else to do. Um, like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't drink alcohol. But, like, I don't have to pee that much during shows, if at all. And so, like, I, I it just, it drives me nuts. Good and for you, Will. You got a strong bladder. Congratulations. I do have a motherfucking strong bladder. Gosh, <laughs> dang it. Dude, I had to go to the bathroom before the media scrum, but um, the PR was like, oh, we're going to start in a couple of minutes. And I was like, what do you mean by a couple of minutes? Do I have enough time to run to the bathroom? Will I come back and miss something? So There was a bathroom in the, the room, though. That was cool. That was like that, the first time we ever, there was a bathroom in the room. That was yeah, the first I time. Yeah, I know. That... And I didn't want to risk it. It was like literally 20 steps away from my seat. And I kept looking at it. And I was like, damn it. I kept looking at the entrance where I thought the wrestlers were going to come through, but then they ended up coming through the restroom side. So I was just like doing the math, trying to figure out whether or not I was going to make it. And I chose to sit there and just not think about it. I was like, don't think about it. You will be fine. <laughs> All right. Um, so my turn. So for, for worst of the week now, keep in mind, I'm pretty, keep in mind, I didn't get to watch everything this weekend because of traveling and stuff. I feel like it kind of messes up my uh, schedule when I'm here. I feel like I tend to watch a little bit more. But my worst of the week, um, I was trying to think, like, what did I feel really passionate about? Like, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I really hated anything so much this weekend. Like, there was nothing that I thought that nothing that I watched or got to watch that made me think, oh, my God, I'm so fucking pissed. I just want to explode, you know? So I was going back. And the way that I do this when I try to pick my my best and my worst is I go back to the start of the week and I click on Raw, I click on my notes for Raw, I click on my notes for NXT, I click on my notes for AEW, and I kind of just like go through everything again, just a little refresher, see what I missed. So I went back to Raw. <laughs> I knew it. I think I know where this is going. I went back to Raw and I can't pick, so you guys tell me which one was worse. I don't know. Was it Dominic Mysterio pinning Shelton Ben, defeating Shelton Benjamin, or was it everything that they're still doing with the Miz, Johnny Gargano, and Dexter Loomis? I can't even decide. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. See, I thought... What, what am I missing? What am I forgetting? So, what I thought was, uh, when it comes to Denise, I figured the way Denise picks her worst is that she opens up her notes from the week and I do. basically goes through, and then as soon as she sees the word JBL is like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this time I didn't write his name on my notes. It just said Baron uh, Tazawa. <laughs> that was pretty much it. <laughs> like, here's the thing. If a match sucks ass, I just write down the match name and I just put who won and that's mm -hmm. it. I don't need to remember anything else. What else happened? Nothing. And so if a match is good, my notes will be like literally paragraphs. I'm like, oh, I like that moment. I like that moment, this and that. But if a match sucked, I hardly put anything. There's nothing there. What do you want me to say? It sucked. It was boring. I don't know. <laughs> will. <laughs> no, so anyway, okay. I, so yeah. can you help me pick my worst of the week? I, sh would you consider Dominic Mysterio defeating Shelton Benjamin worse than everything that they're doing with The Miz and Dexter Loomis and... Just, I think the Miz, Dexter Lumens, Johnny Gargano thing for me is just getting so. It's stale because. Yeah, it's like I just don't care. I really don't care. And I try to care because I want to care, but I just can't force myself to care. 
And then the whole thing with Dominic Mysterio, like he already got this win over AJ Styles. Now you add Shelton Benjamin. I thought the AJ Styles one was worse, but now you're just adding people. And I'm just like, come on. Like, really? Really? Uh, I thought that um, I, I hated the match between Dominic and Shelton. Um, mainly that because too. like, I think that Dominic is playing a really good scummy character. I actually am digging the character, but man, is certain stuff still not hitting in the ring? Uh, there was one spot where he got Irish whipped and he just looked like he was stumbling, like he had two left feet. And for being the son of Rey Mysterio, who's like one of the quickest, most uh, smooth wrestlers to be in the ring ever. And then you have Dominic out there who just looks like his dad was the mailman, I guess. It, um... Bro, give a little more credit to the mailman. Even the mailman's rolling over right now. The mailman's like, bro, what the fuck did I do to you? <laughs> Will, no. if you don't get your mail this week, your mailman saw this review. Your mailman's like, you, have fun. you think Dominic, my son? <laughs> No, I just, it, it it doesn't click for me. And then for the fact that he won, yeah, that was probably the thing I enjoyed the least. All righty. Well, so, so what I should, should, should I go with an official one? I'll go with Dominic Mysterio, Shelton Benjamin as my worst of the week. I, I didn't feel as passionate, especially because it's been my, like, I feel bad, but I try not to repeat the same people in my worst of the week. But if it's the least thing I'm interested in or the thing I liked the least, might as well throw it in there. But I will be honest, though, I wasn't super passionate about my worst of the week for this week. So unfortunately, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Reggie Simmons sends in a super chat saying, I've been to five AEW shows this year and I have noticed the same thing about women's matches has to stop. See, here's the thing though. I agree and I feel bad, but Will, we can't control when people go to the bathroom. We can't control when people go to eat. We can't control any of that, you know? So people are going to have to go whenever they want to go. I feel like uh I can't. I, I just, I want to see the respect. That, that right, show. of course, of course. And I 1000% agree with that. And I hate that, you know, this happens, but I also understand that it's like, fuck, like you can't be like, get, don't get up right now. You son of a bitch, don't get up. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, get up any other time, but like, I, it just sucks. It just sucks to watch happen. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I think it was more so because it was very obvious. It was very, very obvious. Yeah, it was very obvious. Uh, Reggie, thank you so much for sending in the super chat. I appreciate the constant support. As a matter of fact, look, All Out 2021, respect the folks. I did see that happen with all of those fans getting up and heading towards the exits. It just happened to be during QT Marshall versus Paul White. Like, that was one. I was one of them. That was me. <laughs> I got up right away. and I, <laughs> I, But I knew that that was going to be the buffer, you know? Yeah, and, and like... I think people knew that and anticipated that, and uh, it looked exactly like it. It, it looked like, I, I have a video on my phone of it looking like the show is over, and then I pan up, and uh, <laughs> there's a match I probably going came on. out in your video. <laughs> I, was, yeah, I saw the graphic, and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Try to rush to the lines. Trying to get myself some food. I don't even remember what I left for. Um, all right, we got Chi-Town Spurs who sends in a super chat saying, not only do people leave, but there's always that one guy that's got to say something stupid. Has happened at every AEW show I've been to. Well, I mean, we all have stories. You know, I was telling you, Will, that the last two, no, not, the, not all out, but before that, how much is the one where 
that one guy got taken out and I got the video of it. The drunk guy who started fighting with the security oh, yeah, guard. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that what show that was for. But there was that guy and then there was another Oh, drama. that was Forbidden Door. Oh, that was Forbidden Door. Okay, thank you. So it was yeah. Forbidden Door when that drunk guy got carried out and he was fighting with the with the like full on like wrestling these approach trying to wrestle these security guards, right? Then during the acclaim serving our glory match, we had two fans that were fighting and one guy i mean i don't know what the situation was but the one guy that was doing the jazz hands he was just like i'm like that guy looks like he's at fault because he's just oh, he was the neil degrasse tyson meme yeah right Speaking of which, like... feel free to use that if you need to folks but uh yeah that bugged me too yeah there was this because otherwise been... when those crowds are hot they're my favorite that's my favorite yes. thing about pro wrestling is the fans i've always said that uh but Man, when fans are shit, they are shit. Thank you so much to Shy uh, Town for sending in that super chat. We got another one here from Sheldon Jackson who says, I'm torn between Dom and Shelton match and the ending of Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire for the NXT Women's Championship. Alba should have won that title. I almost considered that one, but uh, because a lot of people that watch NXT did not like seeing Mandy Rose retaining again because we're now well over a, a year with her being champion and it's gotten a little bit stale. Um, so I was going, I did consider that one, but I just feel like there may be, I don't know, my prediction or my like gut feeling is there may be other plans for Alba Fire right now. Uh, I mean, if a month goes by and, or two months or whatever, and we still don't see those plans that maybe she's going to the main roster. I don't know. I feel that in that case, it was, to, it was a waste to not have Alba, Fi Alba Fire defeat Mandy Rose because, well, they were, re they were making Alba Fire look really freaking dominant in these matches with Mandy Rose. And she's just taking back to back, uh, left and right with Mandy uh, so yes there were a lot of people that watch NXT that were not really feeling um Mandy Rose retaining that title is uh, the title then, on the line at um deadline so I'm, I'm assuming she's gonna I don't remember if she already has a match announced but they're gonna do the whole iron survivor challenge to determine the new number one contender for the women and for the men so she will have whoever wins for the women's side will go on to face Mandy Rose but it won't be on the same night the, I have to say, it's, it's, not in my, it's not in my worst because uh, it's because it hasn't happened yet. But I will say that the rules for the Iron Survivor um, sound awful. And uh, you don't like convoluted stuff, Will? How dare you? It's not that it's so I had concerns immediately. The first thing I saw I said when I saw those rules were um, so obviously they can just book it any way they want. It's pro wrestling. But logically, the last participant in only has that you can't do this on a score basis because uh, I, I like I was a big fan of the championship scramble. For anybody who never saw Unforgiven 2008, there were two matches on that show. The championship scramble match is a very similar match to this where it starts out. Um, there's a 20 minute time limit. It starts out with two wrestlers and then every five minutes, another wrestler enters. But it's not score based. It's the last pinfall scored gets the victory. That's it. Uh, whoever had the last pinfall. And the reason I like that better is because essentially there's never more than five minutes in between each thing. And like the average title match lasts 10, 15 minutes. So are, is everybody weakened in this state? How exactly are we supposed to believe that people are just in this short amount of time gaining falls? And also there's no benefit to being the last person in. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, it's almost the complete opposite where you are statistically screwed 
in a real life situation, obviously you can just book it any way you want. But in a real life situation, you're statistically screwed because at that point you've come in last and uh, the amount of time you have to accumulate a fall and accumulate as many falls as everybody else who's been in the match makes no sense. Obviously they'll book it in a way where it'll work. But I just feel like from a logical standpoint, it, it falls apart in ways where they already had a match stipulation that had most of this stuff and you didn't have to to muck it up with the the point system. Right, right. And I agree. I agree with a lot of what you said, Will. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending this and I appreciate that very much. Um, all right, so let's get into, uh, before we get into our best of the week, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have a message here from our sponsor. So the holidays are just around the corner, as you guys all know, and it is time to shop for your friends and family or even send over your wish list to your friends and family. Whatever it is, make sure you add Smack Talk Showdown to that wish list or your shopping cart. No other game will make your friends laugh harder while also getting to smack talk to each other i own this game i've played this game you guys can see them here on my youtube channel and it's always so much fun it's literally just a wrestling card game where the players act out silly characters while doing funny things basically whatever the cards tell you to do you do it and whoever has the best promo actually wins the game uh honestly once you see how much fun this game is you're gonna want to at least play it trust me i feel like all wrestling fans once they see it they will want to play this game because it is a lot of fun and it makes a great gift uh especially if you have friends that are obviously wrestling fans as well uh, regardless head on over to smacktalkshowdown.com and purchase the game plus for our viewers only because you are special you do get uh an additional five dollars off your entire purchase and that makes a big difference five dollars off your entire purchase when you use the promo code Denise. So head on over to smacktalkshowdown.com. The link is in the description box below and make sure you use that promo code Denise to get $5 off your entire order. Link in the description box below. All right, Will, it is now time for our best of the week. Will, what is your best of the week? I have been singing Carry On My Wayward Son for the last day or so. Uh, guys, this, everything about this slapped. This was um, for me in, in nearly every regard. Look, we've seen the Lucha Bros have at it with the Young Bucks a million times. We've seen Kenny Omega go up against Pac multiple times in some of the best matches AEW's ever had. We saw Kenny versus Pac at All Out. We saw the Iron Man match. We've seen the, um, we saw them in the triple threat that actually Denise accidentally alluded to earlier. We have seen these guys do it all. And uh, we've even seen one variation of this match before they were officially Death Triangle, triangle back at uh, AEW Homecoming. But everything top to bottom it's fantastic here the uh i start with the entrance the elite's entrance carry on my wayward son look there was actually a mistake in the entrance that people didn't even notice and uh it didn't even matter uh because so during the entrance the lights go out and then they set up four fire pyro boxes uh on the stage 
and you can see while the graphics are up on the screen, you can see them fiddling with those boxes trying to get them working. And eventually they're only able to get one to work and it's like, well, shit, it's time for the Elite to come out. Fuck it. And they like all rush to the back, the pyro guys do, and the Elite comes out and only one of them goes off. The rest uh, do not, um, the, the rest of them don't go off. And it doesn't even matter. Having that one fire shot uh, behind them actually looked really good and nobody actually cared. Uh, also, being that uh, Carry On by Kansas is also a song that everybody in that crowd seemed to know. It was also great to hear everybody singing along with it. Everybody was happy to see them back. Uh, that second chorus, when the second chorus hits, when they're in the middle of the ring, uh, and the entire audience is singing, everybody's electric. I just thought, damn, I wasn't sure what the reaction was going to be. I thought it might be mixed because in Chicago this week, I think it is going to be mixed on Wednesday. I thought maybe it's mixed. Maybe there's some punk fans in the audience. None. This was like uh, just a, a beautiful sight for uh, the elite to get a return like this. Uh, Kenny looked jacked. And, like, I thought he looked jacked at All Out, but I forgot All Out was so long ago because the only two matches he worked before that, he had a shirt on. And so, but Kenny looked jacked and, like, the the Kenny we we want to see and we've wanted to see since he's been out for the last uh, year. And then on top of that, they had my type of match. Now, look, I know, guys. I know Young Bucks matches aren't for everyone. They're not from Braun Strowman. Yes, but they're for me. And the thing is, again, I have said, you can talk about things like choreography, gymnastics, blah, blah, blah. If it pleases a crowd, it works. It's pro wrestling. And this, again, was crowd-pleasing. Uh, the way that the that Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix started out, two of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite combinations to take place in a professional wrestling ring. They are just good at what they do. They did the thing where they tagged in Penta and and Matt Jackson. I've seen people going at the spot where they all go down and then kip up. But you know what? That crowd loved it. So to me, shit works. Uh, but then Kenny was back in form in this uh, match. Kenny was doing everything he's supposed to do and reminding us that he is Kenny Omega. He is the best bout machine. Uh, but then Pac, again, Pac has to be in the conversation. I think Pac has had a resurgence year that nobody's really been talking about because last year Pac was so in and out because of the pandemic. I've been talking about it, Will. Sorry. That Denise has been talking about and nobody else. But Pac has been having this resurgence year, and Pac uh, should be back in the conversation for one of the best wrestlers in the world. And just the way that everybody was playing their part here. And, you know, one of the big criticisms that's complete horseshit about um, elite matches is there's no storytelling, except that's exactly what this match was because the, the story being told throughout this match was, of course, Pac. Pac has fully gone back to the dark side. Pac is reminding his partners that you got to cheat to win. And that story has kind of always existed with the, the three of them because the whole point of the Death Triangle entrance where they come out of three different spots is that you have Pac who enters through the heel tunnel. Uh, you have Penta who enters through the center. And then you have Ray Phoenix who enters through the babyface tunnel because Ray Phoenix is ultimately good at heart. Whereas Penta can go either way depending on personality. But... 
the cool thing, of course, in this story was Pac trying to get Ray Phoenix to use the hammer to win. And Ray Phoenix wasn't going to do it. And, of course, that just told me, oh, of course. The, look, I thought, all right, we're done with Death Triangle here. The Elite gets their belts back, and we resume the way things were supposed to go. So color me surprised, completely surprised, when Ray Phoenix actually took the hammer and used it and smashed Kenny Omega in the head and beat him one, two, three. The Elite lost in their return match. I didn't see that coming at all. So not only was the action in the match everything it needed to be, I got a surprise victory too. I got a surprise ending. Like the, everything I could possibly want out of pro wrestling. I wanted it to be unpredictable. This was unpredictable. I wanted it to be exciting. This was exciting. I want the action to be uh, intense and athletic when possible. Got all of that. This was everything I love about pro wrestling. Um, I'm also a big entrance guy. Everybody knows that. And are you kidding me when you can do the entrances that get people singing wonderful stuff a plus i was into this i loved it my number one thing of the week what about you d nice do you have any ideas of what my number one pick will be i uh this <laughs> yes <laughs> i had the same thing okay so my number one pick for the week two uh was honestly uh, for me, it was so even though this ended up being my second favorite match of the night, uh, I obviously still loved it for all the same reasons that uh, Will just pointed out now. But I think for me, what really got me and this is just not uh, this is also including the entrance, which you just ran through, but it was a specific moment in the entrance where they made sure to have like everything go black. And we did watch this. Uh, we did rewatch the entrance on your phone afterwards. I remember that. And I liked it because there was a big moment where all you heard was just the crowd literally erupting. They were just going nuts and it was just like all black. Everything was all black. Like you couldn't see anything. It was so good and I love that they let that breathe. I love that they let that soak in and that they really had this pause during this. Um, when they came out and I just thought visually looked so great because the setup with the multiple screens that they had there on the stage and then all the vibrant colors. So the presentation just looked really awesome of um, for the elite and everything. But for me, the reason why this is specifically my number one for the for the week is because I, like you, Will, did not you like expect... me? Thank you. I appreciate that. No, sorry. Go ahead. I, <laughs> like you, Will, put a comment Thank you. there. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I did not see the ending coming either. I thought, oh, it's got to be a shoe in that the elite got to win on their way back. And I am so happy that they didn't do that. I'm happy that they surprised me that I was because, you know, I remember even right before the match started, I turned to you and I said, damn, well, I feel bad for the death triangle. Mother. They're such a great freaking team. And, you know, they weren't clearly supposed to be the trios champions. That was not the direction that they were going with, at least not right now. And, you know, they ended up holding on. To, they ended up getting the titles. They ended up doing some good stuff with that. And, you know, now, unfortunately, their time is up. That's the way that I saw it. I'm like, OK, their time is up. It's got to go back to the elite. This is where the titles belong. And now they can go back to that original program so that was my you know train of thought going into this and when phoenix hit omega with the freaking hammer and when that moment happened and i swear 
I was not expecting that three count. I was waiting for just anything to happen, anything. And when we got it, it was like, holy shit, we really, this just happened right now. And when you can generate that kind of reaction, that kind of surprise, and I don't think, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but I didn't feel that people were like, Oh, I mean, I'm sure some people were upset, but I didn't feel upset at all because to me, the way that I see it is they, you know, the elite are obviously on a level of their own, right? But you got to get, you got to get these other groups to, uh, you know, continue rising that ladder, continue going up and up and up. And to me, having the death triangle win on their return back, to me, it's like, they're building a team that could be on the same level as the elite, or at least be very close to it. So that when you're do doing this best of seven series, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I mean, my, that it's going to be the elite, right? Like I'm just saying, that's my prediction. It's going to be the elite. I but mean, now we're a long way off. You know, I, I know people don't want to see this. Uh, I do. Cause I know people don't like flip-flopping of titles. I want the titles on the line in every match. Um, that <laughs> but that's not the best of seven series though. Well, so the thing is, but the titles were on the line in the first one. So I'm like, yeah, just keep but them on the line. Like... Look, honestly, I'm for, I, I am an agent of chaos. I want to see just a no, bunch of just Lou. good titles. <laughs> that would be, that would defeat that. the perp. Wouldn't that defeat the purpose? No, at the end of the day, somebody's walked away with the titles permanently. But like, nah, just flip flop them. That's but, okay, so I it's like, to. I had one gorgeous night with you. Now the next night it's back you okay yes no well i don't like that no 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 let's just wait let's just wait till the series is finished and whoever wins wins okay but the point is that clearly they need to get a team that is you know they, they got to continue with the building and of the death triangle you just can't shush them to the side you know and i'm so glad that they didn't do that so for me i saw this as like holy shit i'm surprised and also this was great so i was a big fan of this and that is why it was my number one uh pick for the week uh it was good stuff i'm glad that they took this risk and i'm glad that it's paying off in a different direction and i'm so excited for the best of seven series and clearly that i you know, I don't want to be like a spoiler person, but I'm assuming they have to do the full seven matches, right? There, it's got to be, right? You got to get the uh, full seven matches. I don't want to show up to LA thinking I'm, or at least right now, thinking that I'm going to get to see this match in Los Angeles. That's supposed to be the final match seven. But I want to, I hope that they do make it all the way through so that we get that match seven. So the thing I do enjoy about these guys is all of them. And I'd be curious to see what they end up pulling off of seven matches is that uh these guys have never had the same match ever they'll make homages and references to the matches previously but every single one of them has been different pack versus kenny the three times it took place was very different each time uh the first time they did it at all out and they had the match at the thanksgiving dynamite in um same arena at now arena and then they had the final one in kansas city in the iron man match Three completely different matches. When you look at the the Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks matches that they've all had, whether it was the latter, whether it was the um, the uh, so what it was the first match that they had at Double or Nothing, they had the latter match, they've had the cage match, they've had uh, the the other match that they just recently had at uh, in Ontario. When you look at all of those, they're all very different from each other. And what I'm curious about is now. How do you do that seven times? Uh, I'm very curious what ideas that these guys have 
to differentiate these matches each and every single time. Um, I know if there's anybody I trust to do it, it's these guys because they've done it before. But also, I don't know how you do it seven freaking times. Uh, I am very curious as to what they do to make it different each time. I know I will be at two more of these <laughs> at least if it goes all seven. So I am curious to see how much better it gets as we keep going. I'm, I'm so ready for it. I'm so ready for it. I'm very happy and excited about it. So uh, we got a super chat here from Deontay Slanier. Thank you so much to Deontay. He says, my number one for the week is you guys because you're awesome. Okay, that's cheesy. She says, actually, my number one is Jamie Hayter winning and MJF sucks. Have a good night, y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much, Deontay, for sending in this generous super chat. We appreciate it. Um, okay, so we are all cut caught up here uh that is pretty much the show any last thoughts will any last things you want to close off with i am sorry and i am sorry that everything came from one show uh but it was a very eventful show and uh and like i said it's not a knock truly against everything that else that happened in the week because there was other cool stuff rampage had cool stuff dynamite had cool stuff i thought smackdown had some cool stuff shout out to kevin owens's return that was very good i watched it on an airplane uh but i think full gear was just the most eventful thing to happen this week and to walk out of it kind of with uh everything intact nobody's injured Nobody is uh, suspended. It's brawling. Nice. <laughs> There's no, no brawling. One's brawling. There's no um, major news stories coming out of it uh, that involve drama. Wrestlers. Yeah, that involve any type of drama. It's actually kind of nice uh, to just have an event go by and everything went as planned. I like it. Agreed. Agreed. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to After the Week. We are here each and every Sunday to talk about our three best and our one worst. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Seriously, thank you guys so much for the support. A lot of people basically have been sending their love in for this podcast, so we really appreciate it because it's still a very new podcast. So the fact that you guys are enjoying it as much as you are really means a whole lot to both Will and I. Uh, please uh, check out the scrums, guys. Uh, you guys know that that's basically how I make my money back going on these trips. Uh, I pay for all my flights, my hotels, and everything for, for that stuff. So please make sure that you guys go to the channel, check out the scrums. You know, obviously, we spoke to Soraya, we spoke to Jamie Hayter, uh, Tony Khan, MJF. Check all of those out. Watch those. Uh, watch them here on my channel, <laughs> more specifically, uh, just so that, you know, make that money. You always should, just because that's the best way. Like, and I <laughs> see that all the time. And I'm, I'm being yes. perfectly honest like aws are okay right but like i feel like denise getting which is weird because <laughs> they have like so much money and big cameras and fancy equipment and microphones <laughs> but either way Sorry, denise AW. always has to go to i mean look a only thing i'll give aws last time is for the hilarity of the mishap with the audio to where you had everybody with the deep Hi. voices and I work with fucking children. Like, that shit is funny, they but like... They couldn't manage a target. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the chewing, too. Yeah, so... Uh, but if, but you know that if you wanted to watch it in its purest form, Denise's channel was the place to go. So, uh, shout out, Denise. And, Thank you. So, uh, click that subscribe button. Uh, subscribe, join the channel. Lots more wrestling content coming here. Uh, please, we'll plug whatever you need to plug in um i mean look a lot of the stuff i do is on thursdays 
and this Thursday is Thanksgiving, so I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving because I'm going to be spending mine with the fam. So uh, come back and visit me next Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, youtube.com slash Fightful for a brand new edition of Grapsity. And shout out to Becky saying this is her new favorite podcast. Woo! Thank you, Becky. <laughs> and hey, if you want a bonus from me and Denise before we... Uh, before we have the next edition of this show, well, you're in luck because the two of us are actually going to be on Fightful this coming Saturday reviewing the uh, Survivor Series. Series War Games. Yeah, Shit, I didn't even know we were doing the show together. Did I thought Sean told me we were doing Raw together. I thought we were doing Survivor Series. Bro, I'm, Sean promoted it as Raw, unless I'm confused. I'm penciled in for Survivor Series. I okay, then you're probably doing. right, because he said he was doing <laughs> WrestleCated, and that's during the weekend, not on a Monday. So that yeah. makes more sense. Okay, I <laughs> was would... like, okay, I'm doing Survivor Series. I'm, I'm, I'm doing Raw with, with Will. I was like, all right, cool. I didn't know we were doing Survivor Series. Phenomenal. We're definitely doing Survivor Series. Uh, so check us out. We'll be reviewing Survivor Series, and then we'll be back here for another edition of After the Week. So just And I'll be in of... Canada. I'll be in yeah. Canada for that one, so... Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. So, you'll get my Canadian hotel room. <laughs> Dope. Yeah, All there's right. going to be a lot happening. So, definitely, you you won't have a shortage of uh, Denise and Will or Will and Denise, depending on your preference, uh, coming up this week. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>